welcome to the Sport Shorts Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Kayser, and I am joined by former NDSU linebacker James Kayser. Sports Shorts is brought to you today by the Sport Management Program at North Dakota State University, and it is supported by the Department of Health, Nutrition, and Exercise Sciences and the Office of Teaching and Learning. This episode will feature a history of name, image, and likeness, or NIL, deals, and the transfer portal, and how they have changed college sports in the last five years. And before we begin, our fun fact for the episode is that 32 years ago today, USA Basketball had announced the Dream Team for the 1992 Olympics. So, for a little background, the transfer portal launched in October of 2018 as a way to help student-athletes who were seeking a new school, and it made that process more manageable and systematic so the athletes wouldn't have to do it on their own, and the universities could do it uh, through the computer and stuff like that make it easier. And it is now one of the most utilized tools by athletes, and in 2022 alone, 20,911 student-athletes entered the transfer portal. Wow. And a contribution to these radical numbers may be the opportunity for NIL deals. These financial endorsements became legal in July of 2021, and they are a way for student-athletes to make money without actually being paid directly by the school, which is still not allowed. And the money, money circulating through college is astronomical and is a huge incentive for transferring schools and an opportunity to make more money at different schools, bigger schools, whatever it may be. For example, former Ohio State quarterback Quinn Ewers was initially committed to play for the Texas Longhorns, but he skipped out on a year of high school to early enroll at Ohio State since Texas had rules against high school players receiving NIL money. And after not playing his first year at Ohio State, Ewers finally ended up transferring to Texas where he was initially committed to play. And similar situations are happening constantly with student athletes across the country who are in search of money. So, former NDSU linebacker James Kayser is here with us today. Thanks for joining me, James. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Hopefully I can provide uh, some insights here today. Yeah. So, James played all five years of his college career at NDSU, which is not common these days. And as an athlete, James experienced much of the evolution of the transfer portal and NIL since it started about five years ago. And he was someone who wasn't really involved in either. So today he's going to share some so thoughts on how those have affected college athletics. So James, my first question is, what was your experience like at NDSU as NIL deals became more popular and maybe athletes' social media presence became so important to them, and did you notice that shift? Yeah, loaded question here. <laughs> so a little background, uh, as, as Rachel shared, um, I came to college in 2018 um, to NDSU to play football, so that was it. Sounds like that was the inception of of uh, yeah, the transfer much portal. Right when you so came. Yeah. I've only known college football with the transfer portal, um, and players and athletes having access to that. Um, for myself, I made a commitment to NDSU, and I was going to stay here pretty much regardless of of whatever happened. Um, but your specific question was how has it affected um, college football and social media and NIL? Yeah, so, like, do you think that <clears throat> athletes maybe have focused more on NIL and social media? Like, has that become, did you notice the shift in your college career of it becoming more important to athletes, maybe your surrounding teammates? Yeah, certainly. I'll speak to the NIL first. Um, if you put down the opportunity to make money in front of a 17, 18, 19-year-old kid, 
uh, they're going to do whatever they can to try to acquire that money. Right. Um, and so, I mean, it ha- didn't affect NDSU as much because we aren't those top-tier programs. Right. But you look at, like, the story you were telling about the Quinn Ewers and how it totally affected which school he went to. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was definitely... Um, even on the team, a desire for guys to get these deals and make money and even maybe go places where they had the opportunity to make money. Um, Because like I said, you put a couple thousand dollars in front of a college kid, um, that's going to attract him to to whatever destination. Yeah, definitely. Did it it affect you personally at all? Did you have, I mean, not necessarily did you have the desire to, but like did it affect the way that you saw college athletics or... Um, me personally, I mean, as you know, I'm not super involved on the social media and stuff, but I did have the opportunity to do, uh, I had one NIL deal with Allstate, um, to the Allstate Good Works team, um, and got to post a few things, talk to a few people, um, and they gave me money for it, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, and, and, um, a cool opportunity for me to, um, be able to share about things that I was passionate about. Sure. Uh, and them to compensate me for that so right um, which seems different compared to other athletes because the way you're using it as a platform to share things about football and NDSU and things you're passionate about and not necessarily just that money portion of it or the recognition that you get from NIL deals is that true yeah I would say that's accurate (laughs) yeah (laughs) sounds good uh so my next question is do you think the transfer portal has become kind of similar to what we just said. Do you think the transfer portal has become more popular in that search of money from athletes? Is that why athletes are transferring, or is it truly because they want to seek a better school where they could get more playing time, a better athletic opportunity? Yeah, I guess I can't speak to every situation, each person. It's probably a mixed bag of what you just said, but I will say that um, I don't know when this rule was put into place, but it had to be three or four years ago maybe that... With the transfer portal, it used to be that, yes, you could transfer. Maybe it wasn't as easy, like you said. There is now a system put in place. But you could transfer, but you'd lose a year of eligibility. Yeah. But that rule changed. I don't know. You'd have to look it up. I I think it was a couple years ago, the one-time transfer rules. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, the one-time transfer rule, I would say, changed the landscape dramatically and that kids could now transfer without any penalty uh, of transferring schools. And for an 18-, 19-year-old, 17-year-old kid – um, and a culture which preaches that the grass is always greener on the other side. Totally. It, it is um, attractive to go somewhere where you think it might be better. Um, unfortunately, I don't think it is for most kids, but, but the attraction is there now where you don't have any penalty. You maybe have the incentive of playing more, the incentive of money, yep. uh, of better coaches, right. air quotes, um, depending on where you're at. But... Um, yeah, we live in a culture which preaches that and then our own human nature which desires something that's always better, going to be better for me, um, and seeking our own self-interest. And yeah. so I think this just opened the door to um, these possibilities. And now you said, I think, 20,000 or something? Yeah, yeah, that is crazy numbers, yeah. Crazy uh, of kids transferring. And unfortunately, the, the reality is that um, for most of these kids, it isn't better. Mm-hmm. Um, if they would have just stuck out where they're at. And, and I'm not speaking to um, necessarily playing time or whatever, but just being faithful to right. a particular people and team um, over time is, is a lost. Yeah. Um, well, Quinn Ewers yeah. is a perfect example. I mean, 
he wanted one place to start, and then he went somewhere else for money, and then ended up going right back to yeah, where he wanted, kinda funny. wanted yeah. to commit earlier. Kind of ironic. Yeah, and I mean, similar things happen all the time. Uh, there is a set of twin sisters, uh-huh. uh, basketball players, and they actually were just in the March Madness tournament uh, with Miami, but they originally played at Fresno State, uh-huh. transferred together to Miami, and then there was lots of controversy with... Uh, Maybe they were seeking more money. I mean, they're already very, very wealthy just based off of social media alone. Uh So they didn't really need NIL deals, but they moved to Miami, which is obviously a bigger school than Fresno State, going to get more publicity, more media, everything. Uh, And so I think the situation was that their coach got uh, reprimanded for it for... I don't know if it was, like, uh, trying to endorse them to come to Miami Uh for those deals, and they didn't get any penalty as players. They still played through, but I think their coach had to miss a couple games. Uh, And obviously, like, there's rules about it trying to to manage that money, maybe, or trying to manage students who are transferring. Uh, But as you can see, there are repercussions to students who transfer in hopes of money. I mean, this coach got fined or he got yeah. penalized for these kids transferring. Uh, yeah, so I think, I think the NCAA um, may have had the, the right idea, Yeah. but they've kind of opened up Pandora's box uh, with, like, not very many rules or regulations. Totally. And so, I mean, I'm not super well-informed, but I think that there's probably a lot of things happening uh, behind the scenes under, the, under, radar. The, ta- yeah. under the table. And, um, yeah, I've even heard of I think maybe, I don't want to incriminate anyone, but uh, I think a a story about Iowa wrestling is like they were um, getting kids to commit with the promise of giving them a certain amount of money. Yeah. And they would, like the collections, I don't know if you've done research into that, but like these collections that are being made by um, these athletic programs where donors and... Um, alumni pour money into these collections right. to then feed to these kids. And we, then you you have them, like in the Iowa, Iowa wrestling, is you have them work like a, a wrestling camp yeah. and compensate them $50,000 for right, working a two-day right, camp. Right. Um, and there's like no, like that's totally legal inside the system of NIL. Right. So kind of multiple backhanded ways, like those donors pouring in money who can't directly contribute to a single player or multiple players, but like you said, can pour into these collections so that somewhere behind the scenes, that athlete is actually going to get the money from ways that really probably shouldn't be endorsed. Yeah, and I think it almost backfired in, I don't know if we're staying on track as far as what you're trying to talk about. Go for it, you're good. Part of the idea was maybe to create more of a level playing field with the transfer portal and... It's actually done the reverse, and I don't know if we've seen the implications quite yet, but I would say 10 years from now you may, if it continues in this trend, that the schools with the money and the big schools are going to be able to monopolize, essentially, all the best players. Right. Whereas in the past it was more evenly dispersed because you didn't have that incentive. And right. so we're going to see the the better teams get better and the worst teams get way right. worse. Well, and these programs probably yeah. are going to get sh- shut down and yeah, canceled. Yeah, and with that, too, I did a little <laughs> research uh, Nick Saban, actually, who is not really a fan of the NIL and the uh-huh. transfer portal. Interesting. Um, which, obviously, Alabama is a, a resounding athletic program, and they have been for, for a number of years in terms of football and, and all ath- other athletics. 
Uh, but he had said that teams like Texas A&M, I think it was uh, Texas Tech, and then the University of Texas was doing that same thing. Like you said, they're, they're promising these athletes money to come to their schools. Yeah. And so Nick Saban, one of the most uh, renowned football coaches of all time, had said these schools are going to get more recruits than we are just because they're paying yeah. their recruits. So just going off of what you said, I mean, it it is controversial, but, it, I mean, those are good schools, but maybe maybe they need to get better than Alabama, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, well, to I'm level. Just, for, like, specifically the FCS now, talking to our specific situation with NDSU, um, a school like NDSU is now going to lose those players, those top-tier players, to these schools, which provide which are bigger, yeah. Provide the potential of making money, not necessarily the guarantee, but like I said, for for a young kid going into college, they're going to go somewhere where they even have the potential to make money right. versus a place like NDSU right now where that the NIL stuff is, is very small or minimal. Yep. Yep. And so you see kids transferring for, for that purpose for sure. Yeah, so then the argument maybe is that those bigger schools are leveling the playing field because they're big already. So it's like these SEC and and Big Ten schools can compete with each other because they have that big platform already. Yeah. But like you're saying, these FCS schools who don't necessarily have that platform then are sucked away from those bigger schools. Yeah. So it could be a level playing field for one portion of the country or one portion of schools, yeah. but not for the other. Um, so, yeah, I think that's interesting. Uh, and then in terms of level playing field, uh, coming from me as a student who did not have a full-ride scholarship or a partial scholarship, I'm not an athlete, so I didn't have that endorsement, um, and I don't have the opportunity to make even more money with NIL. Do you think that it is controversial to uh, have these students who can't go through college or who maybe struggle to go through college financially, and then we have athletes who not only have scholarships but have the opportunity to make more money, which would propel them through college financially? Do you think that's controversial or no? I would say that question hasn't necessarily changed with NIL. Yeah. Just because the scholarships existed. And sure, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it's it's controversial necessarily. These student-athletes have a product in which they um, can give. Mm -hmm. it, it's like, I mean... It, it's like if you're smart and you get a, a scholarship, you know? Some people use yeah, their smart stuff and or... like, to a degree, it is a job. Yeah. Like, yeah. these student-athletes are putting in a ton of time yeah. to their athletic career and getting compensated in a scholarship for that. Yeah. And now they've just been able to have the opportunity to get compensated more. Yeah. Um, the same way a regular student could go get a really good job, right. get a raise or two, and create a great product and whatever make it to be a millionaire with that so i would say it's relatively the same and i would not controversial fair enough and, yeah. but i'm an athlete again so i right. have, probably have my bias yeah. so maybe yeah well, <laughs> i have my bias them, too yeah. because i'm not an athlete and, <laughs> and i struggle financially uh yeah so we've kind of uh had a broad conversation so far uh and there's been some negative impacts some positive impacts probably there's an argument for both uh mm -hmm. But just being from the inside, do you think that it has had a negative or positive impact? Do you lean one way or no? I mean, I would say, in my opinion, it's probably had a more so negative impact on the college football landscape. Um, it's really turning it into 
like a business more so like the NFL right. uh, or the NBA and creating like there's almost a degree in which free agency in college football That's, has yeah, like yeah. been created um, except the uniqueness of college football is there's no cap space. Yeah. So these NFL teams are bound by the amount of money that they can spend on players. But for college football, right. if you can bring in the money from boosters, alumni, et cetera, right. you, there's no limit. Well, even some college athletes have decided to stay in college longer because they can make more money. Really? Wow. The, yeah. I think, uh, like Caitlin Clark, for example, Iowa women's basketball player, uh, is playing one more year. I don't think she's eligible for the draft yet, but there are other players who, uh, have decided to stay one more year. And she didn't say explicitly that she chose to stay because there's more money, which nobody's going to say mm-hmm. that. Uh, but she can. She, she can make more money just based off of her skill and her media presence and her social media. Uh, so she can make more money with NIL than she would in the WNBA. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah. But I would say, yeah, at least from my experience, it would, it would lean more negative. Obviously, in the grand scheme of this, there's probably positives in particulars with people who have gotten into better situations and so on and so forth but in the grand scheme of it i don't know all the statistics of of people landing in spots or like uh, there's probably stats out there of people going in the transfer portal how many of them actually go to another school yeah i don't think like it's It's not probably not great it's not 100 percent. i know that and so like for these schools i mean a lot of times some of your best players are transferring out yep and you're losing that. And what who's really getting affected is the programs, but then also the high school kids. Because now you've created a huge pool of, I'm just going to talk about college football players because that's what I know. Yep. You've created a huge pool of college football players um, who have experience playing college football, are more developed, know the systems, are likely better football players that, that these colleges can pick from and recruit from. And who's taking the brunt end of the stick is now these high school kids. Right. Who, if you could pick a kid who was in college for two years, weighs 20 more pounds and has been through multiple practices versus a high school kid. Right. Who played against schools with 500 kids. Like, you're going to choose the guy in the transfer portal nine times out of ten. And so it's really sad to see um, these kids in high school now not being able to get that chance because of the transfer portal. Yeah. So I would say maybe you could have a positive. I honestly think that the one year eligibility loss was a good kind of way to um, keep this from happening and the floodgates from, okay, if you want to do this, like it's going to be a sacrifice on your behalf Yep. Um, and you're going to lose eligibility. Um, and I think that was kind of a good hindrance um, for the system. Yeah. So just to kind of close out your thoughts, summarize it up. Uh, how do you think these things would maybe impact college athletics in the future? Do you think it <clears throat> could be changed positively? Do you think it could be changed negatively? Uh, what might be the future repercussions of these things? Yeah. I mean, I kind of said it earlier, but if if the rules and regulations stay the way they are. I think college athletics is just going to turn into like the NFL yep. or, or NBA Free agency money and, and and pro sports, um, and I guess there's benefits and negatives to that as well. But I would say most people like college sports because they're not like the NFL or right. NBA, and there's a uniqueness about college athletics that's different from from that um, and unique. Just even from a team aspect of having people 
on the same team, creating camaraderie and, and fidelity and faithfulness to a team and the bond and, and friendship that's created in that that you don't get in the NBA or NFL where players are getting cycled through and right. it's more so of a job that you're getting paid for versus um, what used to be in college athletics is, is you're doing it for the fun of it. Definitely. <laughs> and for the camaraderie and, and team aspect of it. And I think you're going to lose that as the years go on. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with you. Uh, yeah, I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head. We had some great conversation, and I think it'll be interesting to see uh, where the transfer portal, NIL, social media, all that goes from here. Uh, so from all of us here at Sports Shorts, this is Rachel Kayser, and I'd like to thank you for joining us today. And I'd also like to thank my special guest, James Kayser, for taking the time to share his story with us. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Thank you, James. So be sure to tune in next time for more sports stories from the NDSU Sport Management Program.